Matthew chapter 6. Been learning on the topic this month, Jesus Christ, our great high priest. Matthew chapter number 6, we're going to see here where our great high priest teaches us about prayer. Jesus came and he revealed the Father to us. Right? Jesus is not really referred to in the Old Testament as our heavenly Father. That's something that Jesus taught us. He taught us to relate to God in this way, as our heavenly Father. And he teaches us about prayer. He teaches us to pray. He gives us his example of praying, but he also teaches us how to pray. So we're going to look at some of that. Now, this is not an exhaustive lesson. This isn't everything about prayer, but he gives us a lot here in this passage about prayer. So this is going to be kind of a basic, a nice basic lesson, just kind of a reminder. Okay. Matthew chapter six, let's look, let's look at verse number five. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. Let's pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would bless now as we come before you. Teach us about prayer. Lord, help me as I speak. Guide the sermon in the direction you want it to go. Speak to each person who's here. Father, if someone is listening, they've never trusted you as their savior. I pray that today they would realize how much you love them and that the first prayer they need to pray is for salvation. And Lord, for those of us who are believers, I pray that today you would build us up in the faith, remind us of some truths, teach us new things, fill us with your spirit, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Praying is a lot like chopsticks. You say, well, how so? That doesn't make any sense. I remember growing up uh, in my family, we would go to Asian restaurants and, you know, chopsticks were always offered or they would be on the table, but I would never try to use them or as a kid, I maybe I would pick them up and try it. It was very confusing. It was very, you're always dropping them. It was very confusing. No one in my family used them. You may be looking, everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy right now. I'm just, get, I'm just telling you my story, right? Okay. And of course, then as a kid, you just, just try to poke. But when you're trying to eat rice and noodles and, you know, little bits of meat, uh, it, so you just exchange, you say, just give me the fork, right? Just give me the fork. And unfortunately, that happened uh, for quite a while until I went to a uh, missions conference or actually a pastor's conference. And it's when we lived on the other side of the world and I went to Manila in the Philippines. 
And I shared a hotel room with a pastor friend of mine, a missionary friend of mine. And uh, he's from Vancouver and he is Asian American and he loves Asian cuisine. And apparently he could not get all of the fine Asian cuisine uh, where he lived and where he ministered. So when we were in Manila, he's the one that chose all of the restaurants and every single one of them was an Asian restaurant and he introduced me to many fine things, including real ramen. Can I get a witness for real ramen? Oh, my word. That'll change your life right there. Not the package stuff. That's fake. That's ridiculous. That's terrible. The real stuff, man, it changes your life. Um, but every one of these restaurants, they didn't even offer forks. And I thought, oh, no. I am either going to starve to death. It's going to be really messy. Ha! Or I'm just going to have to learn. How to use chopsticks. Thankfully, I had a friend who was very patient and he taught me how to use them. Now, again, in the beginning, I made a lot of mistakes, dropped chopsticks, dropped a lot of food, right? But I got the hang of it. I was forced into it, right? And guys, that's a lot the way prayer works. Oftentimes in life, we know that we should pray. Oftentimes in life, we may even make a couple attempts at praying. And perhaps we even have had an answer to prayer or two. But really, when it comes down to it, there's a couple things about prayer that are very similar to chopsticks. You've got to learn how to do it. You've got to learn how to do it. There's a part of it that's natural, but at the same time, there's a part where we really need some instruction. How do I do this so that it is effective? I need, to, I need to learn. I need to be taught. And also, and really the most important part about prayer is not just doing it because I can pretend to sit there and use chopsticks, but how do you know if you're really using them right? You can actually pick up food and put it in your mouth. You can make a big show from a distance. It's like, man, that, that, that guy must have been using chopstick his whole life from a distance. Then when you get up close, it's like, man, he's just going through the motions. He hasn't picked up a thing. But in order to keep the show, it's like, and you wipe your mouth and you pay the bill and you walk out. But the whole plate of food's still sitting there. Right? You say, well, pastor, that's silly. So is it silly for us to pray and never expect for God to ever answer us? to just go through the motions in order to make a show of it. And so when Jesus came in Matthew chapter number six, this is the beginning of his earthly ministry. He's first starting out. Jesus is our example of prayer. Why did Jesus pray? I'll just give you these few quick points on Jesus being our example to pray. And then we'll get into this passage. Why did Jesus pray? Number one, because of his humanity. Jesus was 100% a human being. There were certain aspects of his being God that he had to put aside in order to fit inside of a human body. For example, uh, he was not omnipresent in the sense, in that same sense, because he was squeezed inside of this human body. And so because of his humanity, he prayed because that's how he got things from God. He limited limited himself for the moment that he was on earth in order to show us and in his humanity, he needed to pray. 
He had to pray. Jesus chose to be dependent on the Father when he became a human man. Deity and perfection in humanity—sorry, deity and perfection in humanity—is dependent upon God. This is something that we can see in the life of Jesus, where we think, if I had all of the, if, if I was, if I was the God Man, right? If I was perfect, I wouldn't pray. I would just do whatever I needed to do, right? But when we see Jesus Christ, the opposite is true. Perfection communicates to God the Father. Oftentimes in our, in our Christian life, when we're looking at prayer, our pride, we become kind of this, we can very easily become kind of this independent from God. I know what to do. I don't need to ask for help. And we consider that to be kind of maturity or even in a sense, Perfection, But really the example of Jesus Christ and his humanity was perfection prays. Perfection is dependent upon God. Perfection comes to the Father. So the first thing is that we see he, uh, why did Jesus pray? Because of his humanity. It says in John 8, 29, and he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone for I do always those things that please him. Uh, Matthew 14, 23, it says, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Mark 6, 46, and we had, when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. So we see over and over and over again, Jesus would leave the disciples. He would go off by himself and he would pray. So the first point is because of his humanity. The second one is because of his deity. Jesus prayed because of his humanity, but the second thing is he prayed because of his deity, because of his deity. It says in Hebrews 4 and verse 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession. And verse 15, for we have not a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. The verses that we've been studying in the continue class in Philippians chapter number two talk a lot about Jesus also being God. It describes that very clearly. Jesus was fully God and he was fully man. So in his spirit, he, that's the part that was divinity, right? His body was a human body. Otherwise, when he died on the cross, he wouldn't have died on the cross, right? He was flesh and blood. He offered his body and he offered his blood for the sacrifice of our sins. Uh, He had to have that, right? If he didn't have the body, how could he die for our sins? If he didn't have the blood, how could he offer that blood for the sacrifice for our sins? But also his spirit was not like our spirit. When we're born, our spirit is born Uh, The Bible says in in Ephesians 2 that we are dead in our trespasses and sins. We are flawed. We are sinners by nature. Well, Jesus Christ, when he was born, he was pre-existent to that body, right? He, uh, He did not come into existence with his birth with Mary. Of course, we just celebrated Christmas. Uh, His body was born at this time, but his spirit existed with God in heaven from eons before even creation began, right? So it is this, it is this combination between, between his humanity and his deity. 
What did Jesus do before there was ever an earth? What did Jesus do before there was ever uh, humanity and before he ever uh, came down and was born and had a human body and walked around? Well, he was with the Father in heaven. We, we've got to understand that when we're reading about Jesus praying, really what he's doing is because he limited himself, okay, he's limited to a human body in that aspect, right? So he's praying in order to get things from the Father. And there's another reason for that, and I'll show you in just a moment. Okay? But also, he was acting out his divinity. The Trinity constantly talks to each other. They're in constant communication. So Jesus was just continuing that in his human body with the Father. He's always talking to him, always praying, always talking. Right. So the communication aspect is the deity. The dependent aspect is the humanity. Right. And, uh, and so it says in Philippians 2 and verse number Five, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross." We are not deity in that we are not God, but we are made in God's image. We have the light of God's creative hand upon our humanity. We desire to connect with God. So we can see when Jesus, without his, in his human life that we're reading about in the Gospels, he had this strong desire to connect with God because he came from God. He was with God. God created us, and so each and every one of us have this strong desire to connect with God. It's amazing how many people in this world pray. And even those who consider themselves to be atheists or agnostics may not pray regularly, but many are the testimonies who may still remain in unbelief, but they will admit that sometimes they will pray. It's a part of our human condition because we came from God. We want to connect with God. And that's one reason why Jesus did that. The last thing is because we needed his example. Jesus prayed in order to provide for us an example. So it's a part of his humanity. It's a part of his deity, but then also in order to give us an example. So in the very beginning of his ministry in Matthew chapter number six, he comes And he says, let me teach you about prayer. Is there anyone better that we could go to? Is there anyone better that we could go to and ask, can you teach me about prayer? No one, no one, there's no one that we can go to. Jesus is the prime and perfect example of prayer. It's also very convicting to see how often he prayed and how long he prayed. It's very, very convicting. But let's just look at some of the basics here. Okay, number one, and I already mentioned this in regards to the chopsticks illustration. The first thing is, it says in verse number five, let's look at verse number five together. Okay, the first word, learn. Learn. We have to learn how to pray. We have to be willing to learn how to pray. The Bible says in verse number five, 
And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be, right? And he goes in here and gives, and gives a very specific thing, and we'll get into that in just a moment. We make a mistake when we assume we know how to pray. We make a mistake when we think we don't have to learn it. We need to learn how to pray. One of the reasons that we read the Bible is because it teaches us. It guides us. It teaches us these spiritual practices. There are three basic practices that every Christian must perform in order to grow. We must do these three practices in order to grow in grace. One of them is to read the Bible or listen to the Bible. We have to get the scripture inside of us. The Bible never commands us to read the Bible, right? Because in certain cultures, actually in the culture in which the Bible was originally written, maybe not everybody could read and certainly not everyone was, had access to a copy of the word of God. And so many times that's why they would come to the temple or that's why they would come to the synagogue in the New Testament day and age and someone would read them the scripture. But also they had a strong tradition of memorization. They would memorize long passages of scripture. And so for them, maybe it wouldn't read reading the Bible as much as it would be that they would rehearse or they would say out loud the scriptures that they had memorized. Also, we come to the poetic books in the Bible, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. These many of these were songs that they would sing. They were scripture, but they were also songs. And so one of the ways that they would spend time in the scripture was to was to sing. And so for us, because we're in a culture where uh, we read and we can read and we that's generally the way that we get information and we remind ourselves of information for us, it's reading the Bible. First practice is reading the scripture, listening to the scripture. Right. Uh, uh, and then uh, and of obviously memorizing the scripture. But the first practice is scripture. You've got to get it inside of you. The second one is church. You will not grow as a Christian if we do not regularly, regularly attend church. This is where we come together. This is where we worship the Lord. This is where we can see the example of other believers. This is where we can learn when someone is teaching, right? And so many other things. Scripture, church, and the other one obviously is prayer. If we are not reading, pastor, I've got this problem. I'm I'm dealing with this issue. I'm not getting victory. It's so hard. Okay, before we book a counseling session, which I'm completely open to that, it really comes down to, are you doing those three things? I'm really not. Okay, we'll work on those three things. And then later, maybe we can get into some other things. But you see, that is the path of growth. That is the path of victory. That is the path of grace, right? Because listen, it's not me that helps. It's not just the other Christian that helps. It's God. So how do we connect with God? We connect with him in prayer. We connect with him through scripture. We connect with him through church, okay? But if we're gonna pray and we're gonna, and we're gonna do that, we're gonna have to learn how to do it. So perhaps we need to approach prayer with the mindset of more of a student rather than the mindset of an, of an expert. More of a student than the mindset of an expert. 
It seems elementary for Jesus to start his earthly ministry and say, okay, guys, first of all, here's what we're going to talk about. Prayer. Ready? It's like these guys prayed. Right? These were disciples. They prayed to God. But here's the other thing is, they had some bad examples of prayer around them, and God wanted Jesus wanted to teach them, look, there are other people who pray, but I want to teach you the right way to pray. We have to be willing to learn. Do you have that attitude? Do you have the attitude of, Lord, teach us to pray? In the very beginning, Jesus is teaching his disciples. You say, well, pastor, I pray, but I'm not getting any answers to prayer. Guys, again, I'm trying, but it's not working. I have a, a great friend. He's uh, uh, Canadian Chinese, Chinese Canadian, right? And, 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 you know, we were eating together at an Asian restaurant, dim sum, hall man, never been to a dim sum restaurant. It is good stuff. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Right? And he would give me a hard time. And he's like, pick up that with the chopsticks. And something large, easy, right? Entry level, picked it up, ate it. <laughs> pick up that. And it was something a little slippery. I can't remember what it was. Something a little hard. And then he's going all the way down until it's a single grain of rice. Pick that up. And it's like, look, I am not trying to tell you that I'm better at this than you. I'm just eating. He's like, pick it up, man. Right? Guys, right? We give each other a hard time. I picked it up. He's like, just very slightly gave me the nod of, okay, maybe a little bit of approval. Guys, you realize that sometimes when it comes to prayer, we get stuck. Can we admit that? We can pick up the big dumplings, the easy things. But then it's just like something else is just like, it's not working the way that it used to work. Again, going back to my friend in Manila, man, I was making a lot of mistakes with chopsticks. You know, you start working them and then all of a sudden you end up really lopsided. And you're like, you're trying, but it's just fix your chopsticks. Calm down. Don't apply so much. He's giving me these little tiny tips. It, I mean, honestly, it was like, it's, it's humiliating. Uh, one of the basic necessities for a human being is knowing how to eat, right? You've got to know how to eat. But if you're going to try to learn to eat with a different type of utensil that you're not used to, you've got to be willing to swallow a little humility and say, okay, teach me. And Jesus is coming right away. And he's like, listen, guys, if you're going to be followers of me, if you're really going to follow me, you've got to approach prayer with the attitude of a student and not an expert. You've got to approach prayer as in, you know what? I've gotten answers to prayer in the past. These are new shoes, so pray for me. Right? I need to, I need to scuff these up a little so they've got, they've got, man, I'll tell you what, these new shoes with leather bottoms. Right? I probably just need to stay put. We've got to approach prayer because we give up on it. I'm just going to go and just do it. My Hey, you got a fork. And here's the thing about God. God loves you so much and he wants to connect with you so much and teach you the awesome power of prayer so much 
that he will put you in a particular position within your life where prayer is just all you've got. You're in Manila, dude. We don't have forks here. Figure it out. You can whine if you want. You can cry if you want. We buy books instead of pray. Self-help books. We listen to podcasts instead of pray. We read books about prayer instead of praying. (laughs) Well, even YouTube. How to pray better. I listened to a 23-minute YouTube about how to pray. Yeah, but did you ever pray? Guys, here's the thing that comes about prayer. We learn prayer by doing it. We have to have that attitude, I'm going to learn. We'll go and get counseling, secular or sacred. We'll talk to a pastor or a Christian counselor, or maybe we'll go and get talk to a therapist, and we'll talk to somebody. We'll talk to a friend. We'll talk to everybody but God. Well, I talk to God and nothing changes. Maybe God's trying to teach you a little bit more about prayer. Prayer is never broken, guys. It's not because God has turned off the frequency. Prayer works, but we have to be willing to work the prayer. We have to come with the attitude of, okay, teach me. Teach me. The only expert of prayer that's ever lived is Jesus Christ. He's the only one that ever prayed perfectly every time. But otherwise, we need to approach the topic and the practice and the discipline and the habit of prayer with this attitude of teach me. We see in Matthew 6 and verse number 5 here, when thou prayest, he immediately talks about when you pray, but we can see in Luke chapter number 11 and verse number 1, this is a little bit later in Jesus's ministry after he already taught this lesson. In Luke chapter 11 and verse number 1, it says, And it came to pass that as he was praying, Jesus, as Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. Now, Jesus had taught them to pray right here, Sermon on the Mount. But then a little bit later, As time goes on, the disciples are watching Jesus pray and listening to him pray. By the way, that's one of the reasons to come to church and to come to Bible study. Why? I learn about Christianity from you guys. This is, it's a collective. You bring your relationship with the Lord into this. And when I ask Brother Emilio to pray or I ask Brother Braden to pray or we listen to the ladies pray when they pray, I learn something about prayer from you and you learn something about prayer from me and from one another. We learn from one another. And to have that attitude of, I'm not gonna swagger in like an expert. I'm gonna always come in by God's grace with the attitude of a student. 
Why do we come to church? Guys, we're students. We're not experts. We're students. And the, and the disciples, praise God, they had this attitude that was engendered by Jesus, a part of his program. Can you imagine Jesus being your discipler? Well, actually, he actually is. Okay. But in the flesh, there he is standing there. Foundational. Day one, prayer. Okay. After about a year, what's the next lesson? Can you teach us to pray some more? It never stops. We're always learning about effective prayer. Okay, now back in Matthew chapter number six. Matthew chapter number six and verse five, it says, but when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites. Now, Jesus is talking specifically about what not to do. All prayer is not equal. Just because someone says that they pray or just because a religion prays doesn't mean that God is actually going to honor that prayer. Jesus is identifying here prayer that is listened to by God and prayer that is not listened to by God. Isn't that true? Okay, so listen, we need to approach every person in this world with respect for their person. But it is not respectful to God to try to say, You can pray however you want to, to whatever God you want to, and God promises to hear your prayer. That's not what Jesus said. So who's wrong? Well, Jesus isn't wrong. Jesus never sinned. Right? So again, we need to have the attitude of a humble student who's coming and saying, you may pray and that's good in your faith or your religion. There may be people in your, in your life or in your, in your workplace or in, perhaps in your family, people that you meet. We need to understand that there, there is, we all need to learn how to pray. And Jesus said this in verse number five, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. Now again, hypocrite is an actor. They're acting like a religious person. To them, it is not, it was more of a performance, right? Again, just like the illustration of someone pretending to use chopsticks, but never really actually picking anything up and putting it in their mouth. They're just going through the motions. But why are they going through the motions? They're going through the motions to please other people. Would, would you pray if someone wasn't watching? That's what Jesus is asking. We don't pray for a performance for other people to hear or to listen. We pray so that God listens. And they're making this out to be an, an actual performance where it says uh, uh, be, that thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues And in the corners of the streets, okay, we should never pray publicly. That's not what he's teaching. He teaches the reason why they were praying on the corner of the streets and why they were standing to pray in the synagogue. Okay, and he gives the reason. The reason is right here in the verse. It says that they may be seen of men. That they may be seen of men. When we are coming to pray, look, We are not doing it so that one another sees us, okay? It's not coming in and saying, 
I'm going to pray alongside everybody else. And we're all going to do this so that everybody sees that I'm still a part of us. Guys, there's a lot of religions. That's the purpose for prayer. A lot of religions, the purpose for prayer is not necessarily talking to God as much as it is for them to fit in with what everybody else is doing. And some of you were saved out of those types of religions. I'm going to pretend and I'm going to recite and I'm going to perform. Why? So that I get, hey, I get the approval. We've got to understand that at the very heart of prayer, the very heart of prayer, I don't care if anybody else agrees with what I'm saying. I want God to hear me. I want God to hear me. That is the heart of a prayer life. That is the heart of a Christian. That is the heart of someone whose prayer actually works. Does God hear you? Do you know he hears you? Sometimes we don't do this as much in the Protestant tradition or in the Baptist church. But again, Jesus is teaching them what the Jews would do, the Pharisees would do. And it's very easy to look at what other religions, I'll tell you what, some other religions are incredibly dedicated to prayer. But what kind of a prayer is it? It's a performing prayer. By the way, it could be they're trying to perform for God. God doesn't want us to perform. He's not looking for us to put on a performance for him. We're not putting on a performance for other people. We're not putting on a performance for him. him. We're there to honestly communicate with God. Let's take our Bibles and look at 1 John chapter 5. First John chapter five. Okay, now verse 14 talks about prayer, but I want to back up to verse number 13 because this is foundational when it comes to prayer. First John five and verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. First of all is confidence in salvation. Do you know for sure if you died today that you would go to heaven? Has there been a time in your life when you have come to God and said, I accept what Jesus Christ has done for me on the cross as the only reason why I should be forgiven for my sins. He died for our sins. Scripture was written so that we could know for sure that we were, are forgiven of our sins and that we have eternal life. We, Jesus never had to ask forgiveness for his sins because he was perfect. So we never see that in his prayer life. But when Jesus teaches us to pray, he teaches us to ask forgiveness for our sins. But primarily, he asks us and says, ye must be born again. There has to be a one-time experience in your life where you're honest with yourself and say, 
I cannot save myself. Prayers that are performed as an act in order to make yourself uh, deserving of salvation, that is not what God teaches us about prayer. We don't come to church to pray in order so that this week we're cleaned up and now we can go to heaven this week. Christ did all the heavy work on the cross. He did the hard thing. So when we accept him as our savior, now God is no longer just our creator and our judge. Trusting Christ as your your savior changes your relationship with God. Now he is your heavenly father. And that's how we approach him as our heavenly father. Jesus taught us that. When we're born again by grace, through faith in Christ alone, we now approach God the Father as our heavenly Father. Then we go on and say in verse number 14 and 15, and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Now this is something we'll learn a little bit later, but the point I'm trying to make within this verse is this. If you know for sure you're saved, you can have the confidence of God hearing you. It's not a performance for him to see. Man, look how many times he recited that, ver- that, recited that prayer. Wow, 89 times? That's impressive. I think I'm gonna bless him and hook him up. That's not the way it works. We don't do that to one another. Little kids. Please, 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 As a parent, that just makes us frustrated, right? God's not looking for us to perform. Well, I mean, you, know, you know what? You've, you've not quite hit the magic number of prayers yet. We, come on now, we, that's the way we think. There's this magic counter in heaven and God's looking at the timer and saying, ah, nope, nope, ah, you were just so close, but you're just one number off. Is it, <laughs> right? Or we think this, maybe I'm not saying the right words. Maybe that's it. Remember, this is not today's lesson, but remember the Lord's prayer is not for us just to repeat. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The kingdom come, it will be done. On earth, as Because that's all God hears. Right? We need to come to the Lord thinking, what's my intention here? My intention is to be a student. I'm willing to learn about this. Okay? But my intention is to be heard. How can I be sure that I'm, I'm being heard? You got to know that you're saved. Re- prayer is not for you to perform some religious performance so that you can kind of, you know, God's like, oh, today I'll hear you and maybe you'll go to heaven. No, 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 no. Christ paid it all. He's the propitiation for our sins. Christ died once for the sins of the whole world. Listen, there are some people who come from a background where prayers are performed as a ritual 
and they pray the same things over and over and over again. And they think that is what makes them potentially accepted with God. Well, I'm a member of this kind of church or this kind of religion, and I'm, I'm really religious with my prayers. Well, God says in 1 John chapter number 2 and verse number 2, and he is the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation is appeasement. My performance in prayers is not the appeasement for my salvation. Jesus did not come to earth to teach us to pray so that we can say these prayers on a repetitious basis so that he says, wow, you've said that so repetitiously. All of that activity, it's cleaned you up just a little bit enough for me to possibly potentially take you to heaven. No. Prayers do, are, hey, when we come before the throne of God, we can come with confidence. Why? I am not the appeasement. Praise God in heaven. We are not the appeasement. God is not happy with me because of me. God doesn't listen to me because of me. God doesn't listen to me because I've been baptized in a Baptist church or because my membership's here or because I'm doing what he wants. God listens to me for one reason. Because of Christ. And Christ alone. I've trusted Christ as my savior and I am now robed in his righteousness. Who let this guy in? I love golf. You guys are like, yeah, nobody else cares. <laughs> in, certain, in certain prestigious golf clubs, okay, the winner of a big tournament gets a special colored jacket, right? There's a big golf tournament in Georgia every year called the Masters. And if you win the Masters, if you win this tournament, very difficult, very prestigious, you get the green jacket. Guys, I'm telling you, in the golf world, nobody in this room cares. But I'm telling you, in the golf world, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And you can walk in the clubhouse. You've got your name on the locker. You belong there, man. You won the tournament. For the rest of your life, you can golf there. Pastor, why are you telling us this? Look, why should God even care that we come into his presence and pray? Because when, when I trusted Christ as my savior, Jesus is like, here, wear my green jacket. It'll get, you, it'll get you into the presence of God. What he did for us on the cross is the payment. It's the appeasement. It is something that we're robed in and saying, that's why when we pray, I come before you, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray in the name of Jesus. We belong to him. So why, why are we going over all of this? Because listen, we see a lot of examples of prayer out in this world. And God wants to let us know right away, it is not a performance I'm looking for. It's not a series of just repetitions. It's not precision of the words. Either you come in Christ or you don't. The question is, 
Does God hear you? That's something we have to learn, guys. We have to learn that. We have to come before him with an attitude of being a student. And the second point is simply this. Two points, really, today. Are you coming as a student? Are you coming? Teach me. Help me. Teach me. Help me. Show me. Guide me. Are you coming as a student? And does God hear you? Do you have that confidence that God hears you? Everybody bow your heads, please, and close your eyes.